also like a Hold on, do you want to retake it because one of our phones made a loud noise? Oh, that was mine. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Take that again for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out to the live show. The first time I have ever performed in a true live show capacity in Canada. You've got the first bragging rights. So give yourselves a round of applause for making it out to the inaugural Canadian show. It is a delight to be here in this packed house in your lovely city and your lovely country. Took the Amtrak train up. It was super nice and very scenic. Took a little bit of time to go through Borders things where I had a very lovely conversation about podcasting with the passport guy. And I couldn't tell if he was vetting me to see if I was some sort of, I don't know, hooligan coming into your country or if he was just interested in podcasting. Either way, it was delightful and everything here has been great. Now we have a very fun show tonight and we have a very chunky, meaty chapter of Percy Jackson and The Last Olympian to get into Lots of spicy stuff going down. So let's bring our guest for this act of the show. Please make some noise for Nathan Cox. Hello, hello. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What's up, Vancouver? How's it going? I grew up partially in Bellingham, Washington. So I feel like I'm your, like, your little cousin, except I'm older than all of you. <laughs> How are you enjoying your stay in Vancouver so far? Oh, having a great time. Had some great poke at Carp. Had mm -hmm. some stuff at uh, Federal Supply for breakfast. Like, mm -hmm. the neighborhood around here, great eats. And just, like, Vancouver has always been a great place. Like, that's the truth, right? Right? Uh-huh. 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 I used to come drink here when I was 19. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See, my only other time previously, I was here for a podcast thing once, but the other time I was here, my buddy, when I was living in Seattle, came to visit. And we did 4th of July here. This was way cheaper <laughs> to do stuff in Canada before the July. It was a great time. Now, we did also this morning make a very important pilgrimage where I was delighted to learn that the place that I'm staying at in undisclosed location, um, <laughs> I learned that it was not too far from a place I've wanted to visit since I was just a, a wee teen. We went to Dude Chilling Park, and it was great. We were in dudes, some, indeed, some dudes chilling. <laughs> indeed, yeah. dudes chilling. It was we great. walked around, spent an awkwardly long amount of time looking for the sign. Definitely got judged by some people as we- They knew the what we were doing. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, We were being dirty, dirty tourists, and I don't care because that's the coolest park ever. <laughs> now, let's get into the Percy Jackson of it all. We are here to cover chapter eight of the fifth book, which is called, I Take the Worst Bath Ever. Yeah. Uh, Shoops, can I disclose my status real quick? Yes, yes. This is an important thing that- in an interesting instance, the live show people know less than the audience listening to this in the future sure. after the podcast. Yeah. Unless someone came to the Seattle show and this show? Yeah. Really? Whoa! <laughs> 
Dedication! Damn. So you know what's up. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, up until like a month ago, I had never read any Percy Jackson at all. And Shubes talked to me about potentially guesting on the show, and I was like, I haven't read it. And he was just like, would you like to? And I was like, yes. So <laughs> I sped through those books, and then we had a show two days ago in Seattle. And at that point, I had read up till the end of Chapter 7. Mm -hmm. So that for that show, I was in the same shoes as Shubes. Mm -hmm. A very nice pair of shoes. <laughs> a very nice, yeah, it's true, it's true. Also accompanied by nice socks. These are TNO socks. Get them at the merch table. You can get them at the merch table. They come in two sizes. They're medium and large. They're very comfy. So then after I caught up to where he is, in between two nights ago and now, I finished the book. So I am now an expert. <laughs> On Percy Jackson, and now I will be very careful about everything I say because I have promised I will do nothing, nothing to ruin this or to spoil anything for Shubes, and I will say all of the notes that I wrote down were at the end of reading chapter eight. So if I wrote anything down that I say tonight, it's not with any of the knowledge that I have from the rest of the book. So I want to be very clear about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good though. It's good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. You picked a good book. Okay, good, 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 yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because you had finished all of the reading earlier today. And then right after you finished, you turned to me and said, Okay, so what did we know by the end of chapter eight? <laughs> because you didn't want to get that extra info flooding in. But you taking notes while you read like I do, that'll help. That'll yeah, that make it help true to form. Yeah. So, of course, I always try to guess what is going to take place in the chapter before I read it. My guess was, I would guess that means some sort of water-based escape from the prison that Percy's currently in, but a gross one. Maybe like a Mrs. O'Leary slash Cerberus dog toilet situation. And what was the title again? I take the worst bath ever. Worst bath ever. Yeah, it felt yep. like the worst bath possible. So yes, where we last left our hero, Percy Jackson, he got trapped into the underworld dungeon for potentially 50 to 60 years. Yeah. Now, all thanks to Nico. All thanks to Nico and Hades as well. Oh, oh sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Blame it on the guy who actually did the bad thing. Sure, I guess. But yeah. Now, the opening line in this chapter is from Narrator Percy. It says, quote, my sword appeared in my pocket and I wrote, thank the gods. Because anytime Percy drops Riptide and then doesn't immediately pick Riptide up and just says, oh yeah, Riptide will come back, I get really stressed. Because I'm afraid there will be a plot point at one point where he doesn't get the sword back. And I don't know if that'll happen in this book or the sequel series or whatever. But I never feel assured until Riptide is safe in his pocket. But I am the type of person who will be driving a car and then go, oh God, where are my keys? So... If, if you could pick any object that would be instantly returnable, what would you endow that oh, with? Oh, like something that I lose all the time? Yeah, is it your hairbrush? No. Because I'm always, I'm always, always sure to know where that is. Hmm, what is something that I leave often? Chapstick. Hmm. Chapstick. Oh, yeah. that would be you? Yeah. Okay. Always uh -huh. need it. Summer, mm -hmm. winter, always good to have. I would probably pick, ooh. I have an external hard drive that I back up all of my stuff onto. And it's mm. not that I've ever lost it, but if I ever did lose it, that would be quite bad for me. So I think if it did have the ability, hopefully it would never have to use that power. Right. But if I ever did somehow lose an external hard drive, you know, you just carry it in your pocket. I would want it back immediately. You just feel that brick back in your pocket. Mm -hmm. You feel mm -hmm. so much security. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, brick. Brick Thanks, of data. Thanks, brick. Now, 
Percy's sword back in his pocket, good to go. He then sasses Riptide for no reason, quote, yeah, great timing. Now I could attack the walls all I wanted. Look, Percy, maybe don't drop your sword next time if you want to have it around in a more useful moment. I know you got yoinked by the Furies, but don't take it out on Riptide. That's unnecessary. Your sword is very cool. Yeah, not... Not Riptide's fault. Mm -mm. Riptide is always helpful, always around. Uh, just chill a little bit, Percy. Yeah. yeah. Percy's doing the thing that sometimes I find myself doing, which is like, you're angry at a situation, you take it out on a person. That's not right. Mm -mm. You're angry about your situation, you got tricked by Nico. It's not Riptide's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Take it out on Nico. <laughs> <laughs> With your sword, Riptide. Well, and you might see what's about to happen. So Percy is in a cell without bars, without windows, doesn't even have a door. He was shoved inside, and then the wall basically became solid behind him. It was a doorway, then it turned into a wall. He's worried that the room is airtight since the dungeon is for dead people who don't need to breathe. So he thinks, I'm not going to last 60 years. I might last 60 minutes. And Percy then, what does he do? Falls asleep. You know, it's a great time to take a nap. It uh, is a great time. You know, he did save the narrator. It's probably early in the morning, mm -hmm. time zone-wise, yeah. where he's used to being. He's had a really stressful day. Makes sense. But also, we need to learn more information about the plot. So here comes a dream. Yep. He starts on the porch of Rachel Elizabeth Dare's St. Thomas Beach House in the morning. Her parents are sitting at a patio table while a personal chef makes them omelets. Mr. Dare is in a white linen suit because of course he is. And he's reading the Wall Street Journal because of course he is. And Mrs. Dare is wearing this very vacation-y, fancy outfit, and she is reading Condé Nast Traveler, which makes Percy wonder why someone on vacation would be reading about vacation. Pretty good point. Can't yeah, refute yeah. that. Just got to plan for the next one, yeah. That's true, but you got to live in the moment. Enjoy. Also, is is the fanciest breakfast food an omelet? Because no. they're supposed to be like some of the most powerful people like ever. Yeah. And Rick's just like, they had someone making them omelets. Oh, eggs. Fluffy <laughs> eggs. I'm trying to think. I feel like something that's difficult to make like a poached egg feels fancier. Eggs Benedict sounds like a douchey thing to order. <laughs> yeah, but like, how about some like diamond studded pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what would be the worst? It'd be edible gold, which like doesn't taste like anything. It yeah. is just a vessel to make food more expensive. Yeah. Step it yeah. up, Rick. Let's get more fancy with the breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Rachel Elizabeth is leaning over the porch railing. She sighs, and then Percy notes that she is wearing Bermuda shorts and a Van Gogh t-shirt. And the narrator Percy, in parentheses, says, quote, yeah, Rachel, he didn't call her Rachel Elizabeth made me very upset. Rachel was trying to teach me about art, but don't get too impressed. I only remembered the dude's name because he cut his ear off. I'm sorry, Percy Jackson. Since when is knowing things not cool? <laughs> it was such a weird thing to be like, no, 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 don't think I'm a dweeb because I know things about art now. I don't know, knowing things about art is cool. Yeah, and you can't blame your ignorance about art history on dyslexia this time, Percy. You don't need to read, you just gotta look at pictures. But <laughs> wh what artwork do you think that she had on her shirt by Van Gogh? Ooh. I think it was Iris's. Ah. Personally, she seems like a, a gentle, soft person. I would guess it would be the very famous self-portrait. Mm, yeah. I think that's a good one. Yeah, just with the ear chopped up. Because if she if she had Starry Night as him, right? Sure. Cool. Typical. Uh, yes. <laughs> just making it sure. <laughs> if she had Starry Night, like that's too easy. That's like when in kindergarten, at least for me, everybody's favorite color was blue. So I was a weird little hipster and I was like, my favorite color is green. Yeah, it's like having your favorite band is the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, too easy. What are, you do what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. No. Anyway. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Percy then wonders if Rachel Elizabeth there is thinking about him or if she's sad that Percy isn't with them on vacation because that's exactly what he's thinking is that he would rather be on vacation with them. And then the scene changes and I just wrote, well, that wasn't very helpful. <laughs> that was not necessarily the most plot important of the dreams that he could have. Yeah, again, who's driving these dreams? Is it Morpheus as we discussed uh, in the past? But otherwise, like his brain's just being a jerk, just trying to make him jealous. If Morpheus was doing it, that would make more sense because he basically just wants Percy to be sad. Look how much fun you could be having and look how grumpy Rachel Elizabeth is because yeah. you're not with her. So the scene changes and then he's in St. Louis and he's standing under the arch, you know, from earlier in the series. And there are huge thunderstorms overhead. There is a collapsed skyscraper a few blocks over and the temperature is dropping rapidly. A reporter announces that that collapsed building was evacuated. It had been abandoned in the past for deconstruction, so no one was in it. And then the nearby buildings have also been scheduled for evacuation. Everybody's supposed to get out of there, which is a nice little way for Uncle Rick to be like, nobody's dead, it's cool. <laughs> there is still a giant titan destroying the world, but no one died in this particular natural right. disaster situation. He, he stormed his way halfway across the country at this point, but he didn't step even on a kitten. No one got hurt. <laughs> no one got hurt by Typhon. <laughs> then a giant bolt hits the center of this dark storm cloud and Percy clocks it as Zeus's power bolt, but instead of vaporizing its target like it normally would, the cloud just staggers backwards a bit, which is a bad sign. Then a fist emerges from this cloud and it smashes another tower. And I'm thinking, okay, this is the fist from the painting. Rachel Elizabeth there seeing the future where there's some sort of fist in New York. Not a good situation to be seen. People are running away in terror. Percy then sees a silver chariot being pulled by reindeer. But it wasn't Santa. It was a Santa lobster. No, so it's... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Artemis, and she is shooting, quote, shafts of moonlight, which is my favorite new indie band. <laughs> <laughs> that is, like, one of the coolest descriptors. Like, it's so visible. Like, you could just see her, like, Iron Manning, yep. basically, yep. What the cloud. It would be cool if you could see what she was affecting, mm -hmm. but it just looks very cool in my mind. Yeah, you'll get to see it in however many years when the TV they show is complete. Yeah, show. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, we're very good for They filmed the show here. Huh? Huh? Cool. <laughs> Was anyone an extra? You know, if you had wooed, I would have believed you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them that power. <laughs> Knowing that they can lie to us, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, sure. I guess. No, 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 I, no, no, no. I can't refute the information you've just told me. Yeah. Now, Apollo is behind Artemis helping as well, and Percy's main takeaway from all of this is that Typhon has made it to the Mississippi River and wasn't slowed much by the gods, so him making his way to New York City is looking like there's a pretty good chance of that happening. No comment. Okay, thank you very much. Your trapdoor stays intact. <laughs> Percy is about to get stomped on by a cloudy foot the size of Yankee Stadium, which I can tell you all is very large, and a voice hisses Percy. So Percy wakes up and lunges, and before he can really make sense of what's going on, he has Nico pinned to the floor with Riptide at his throat. And I just made mental note, do not wake up Percy Jackson. <laughs> He's very grumpy in the morning. Mm -hmm. Don't talk to him before he's had his morning coffee. <laughs> Nico struggles to speak, mainly because he does have a sword pressed against his throat, but he informs Percy that he is here to rescue him. Percy asks why he should trust Nico, and Nico says, no choice, which, pretty good. And narrative Percy even says, quote, I wished he hadn't said something logical like that. I let him go. So, totally fine, makes sense, all good. 
Nico gets up and recovers. Meanwhile, Percy notes that Nico's sword is sheathed, so he realizes that Nico could have killed him in his sleep if he wanted to, but still, Percy is a bit hesitant to trust Nico. Yeah, understandable. He got stuck in a, a potentially room without air uh, <laughs> ventilation <laughs> yep. for an undisclosed amount of time. Now, I have to say, when this happened, I had spent so much time after reading chapter seven being like, how are they going to get out of there? Is it going to be the sand dollar that Poseidon gave them? Uh, uh, is it going to be shadow theory. traveling? And then just Nico just tweeted it out. He just like, just poke, like poked a hole in the wall and was like, let's get out of here. Yeah. That easy? Come on. The security at the underworld has to be a little bit better or else all the damn souls of all time are going to be upstairs if Nico's just like, yeah, follow me. He can free anybody he wants to, I guess. Well, if you've played Hades the video game, you do know that. I have a lot. He Canonically, the uh, security system in the underworld is not necessarily the strongest. Yeah, not the best. And no. we'll, we'll actually get to a bit of that a little bit later Ooh, on, yeah, too. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Nico says that they have to leave. Percy very sassily replies, why does your dad want to talk to me again? <laughs> Nico winces and then swears on the river sticks that he didn't know what he was planning. Percy says that that's not good enough because you should know what his father is like. And honestly, it's a pretty good point by Percy. And that's a point I think you even brought up during the live show the yeah. other day. Nico says that Hades tricked him and he starts to go into what Hades promised him. But then he realizes that that's irrelevant, just puts his hands up, stops, and just levels with Percy that they have to leave and they need to do so quickly because... Nico put the guards to sleep, but it won't last long. Percy wants to strangle him, but he refrains from doing so because he knows that Nico is right and they do have to get going. Nico points at the wall. A section vanishes, revealing a corridor that they head through. And every time they pass a guard, Nico points at the guard and then their glowing eyes dim, but it drains Nico with each usage. And after running into an entire kitchen staffed by skeletons, which I think is just a very funny visual. They're just making... <laughs> whatever slop meal that they give to the prisoners and they just all turn around in unison. <laughs> and then Nico goes, nah! Behind. <laughs> <laughs> so he makes all of those guards fall asleep and then he is just incredibly drained after that, so much so that Percy has to carry him out of there. So they reach the fields of Asphodel, but then they hear bronze gongs, which Nico identifies as alarms. Percy asks what they do, as in, what do we do now? Nico <laughs> Make loud noises. That's well, yeah, what they at, do. First, at first in my notes, I was like, surely Percy is not asking, what does a gong do? <laughs> <laughs> one thing and one thing. It does it really well, though. <laughs> Nico suggests that they run. Narrator Percy says, quote, running with a drowsy child of Hades was more like doing a three-legged race with a life-size rag doll. Yeah. Has anyone ever tried to run while carrying a sleeping child? It's like you got to cradle the head and also try not to wake them up and also try to get to where you're going. It's very difficult. Well, Nico's a little older than that, right? Well, a little, you know, he's 12 or 13 or whatever. Or yeah. underscore years old. <laughs> true, true. Oh, right, right. Literally or metaphorically, right. But I also like, because he's like half asleep, I'm also imagining like the Sorcerer's Apprentice uh, animated feature oh. where like he's still like nodding off and like doing magic spells with one hand while he's half asleep. He's still giving him the YMCA young man point at all the guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. 
Percy drags Nico along and holds Riptide out in front of him, which causes the dead spirits to flee from him. The gongs are still blaring. The walls of Erebus look like they are getting farther away, even though our duo is moving towards them. Percy's about to pass out from exhaustion himself when he hears a familiar woof in all caps with six O's from Mrs. O'Leary. Mm. Percy asks if she would give them a ride to Styx. She gets very excited, and then Percy realizes, ah, I wonder if she thought I said Styx, S-T-I-C-K-S. Really good dad joke from Uncle Rick. I was proud of him. <laughs> Almost too much, but I was like, yeah, no, yeah. he got it, he got it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. So they climb aboard, and they head towards the gates. She vaults over the easy death line, which sets off even more alarms and causes more guards to chase after them. Cerberus barks in an excited manner that PJ thinks is more of a can I play two vibe, and he does not follow them. Mrs. O'Leary keeps going, leaving Erebus behind them. So then they get to the beaches. Nico slumps off of Mrs. O'Leary and curls up in the sand. Percy gives him some ambrosia, and he tells Nico that his powers drain him too much. And Nico says, with great power comes great need to take a nap. Wake me up later. Oh, what a good Spider-Man joke. What a good Spider-Man joke. You know, that makes sense because Uncle Ben took the ultimate nap. (laughs) It's not too soon. (laughs) And he's also fictional. It's it's been decades. (laughs) That's really good. That's really good. Thank you. Thank you. That's also why I wore Spider-Man socks today. (laughs) It's just for the one reference. Percy catches Nico before he can pass out. He calls him Zombie Dude, which is a very cool nickname, Percy, and shows him that they are at the River Styx, so now is the part where Nico tells Percy what the heck they're supposed to do. Finally, we get to learn the plan they've been talking about for four chapters. Four? Maybe more. More? (laughs) Yeah. This plan was introduced in chapter 20 of book four, and now we're here in chapter eight, and then the whole demigod files, they didn't talk about it too. Too many. (laughs) We finally are going to learn what's going on. Yeah. Percy gives Nico another serving of ambrosia. Nico snaps out of his daze and tells Percy that they have to hurry because Hades should be coming soon. The sticks is filled with odd items like ripped up diplomas and wilted corsages, the dreams people had thrown away as they moved from life to death. Yeah, you look in there, you see uh, Oscars of theater majors who never made it. Oh. <laughs> you, you see the uh, physical embodiment of parental approval. Oh my God. <laughs> you, you see screenshots of people getting Wordle in one try. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about this a lot. Yeah, look, I love that you're here to bring the sad vibes <laughs> to the show. But also, what is your Wordle starting word? Uh, I change it every time. Oh, like just true to try competitor. to get it. Yeah, yeah. See, I do the true competitor thing where I used sale, S-A-L-E-T, which will never be the wordle word, mm. but it's one of those harder ones that like still counts because statistically it's got like the hard letters and he, like it was like a thing where it's like the best opening word to start. So feel free to use that. Because I'm in Canada, I'll say that it is adieu. A-D-I-E-U. Uh, that is good. Get yeah. a lot of vowels out in the mix. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you know that some Canadians speak French, but not a lot in Vancouver? <laughs> <laughs> I can feel all of you being like, not over here so much. <laughs> That's the other one. <laughs> Toronto? No, the other one. <laughs> I did notice that as we walked through a grocery store today, and we walked by, what was Captain Crunch? He was like, Capitan Crunchy. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. I don't know. know. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah. Percy doesn't want to swim in this gross, dangerous river, but 
that must be the plan because he asks Nico, am I just supposed to jump in? Nico says that Percy needs to prepare himself first. Otherwise, the river will burn away his body and soul. To which Percy replies, sounds fun. <laughs> Percy then finds himself face to face with a Greek warrior who he first thinks is Ares because they look similar, but then he sees that his eyes are human and pale green and he has an arrow sticking out from above his ankle. This is obviously Achilles, mm -hmm. who I do know about, not only from Hades the video game, but also Troy, the film that I watched in Latin class in high school. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing stopping them, and I really hope they do this, from bringing back Brad Pitt to play Achilles <gasps> in the TV series. Make it happen, the why only, not? The only reason is Percy does describe him as kind of like a young teen, which is probably more true to form of the age of people sure. in it. But man, the scene in Troy where Brad Pitt jumps and then in slow-mo like backhand stabs that dude in the neck yeah. is so good. It's peak cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be for it is all I'm saying. Look, it's fine. It'd be yeah. fine. Get him in the show somehow, it'd be great. Right. Now, he explains that he warned Luke not to follow in his path, and now Achilles is trying to do the same for Percy. Percy is, of course, livid, not because he's telling him not to do this, but because Achilles spoke with Luke. <laughs> no one's allowed to talk to Luke. I hate him. <laughs> Achilles does not address his questioning and tells Percy just to not do this because it will make him powerful, but it will also make him weak. His combat skills will outrank any mortal, but his failings will increase as well. And Percy goes, you mean I'll have a bad heel? Couldn't I just like wear something besides sandals? No offense. Which <laughs> is really funny. Really, really funny. Achilles clarifies that his ankle was his only physical weakness, but his real downfall was his arrogance. Mm -hmm. And his uh, mental weakness to eat Dove Promises chocolates while watching seasons of Love is Blind on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Achilles has been doing in, in hell in the underground. Yeah, I yeah. can see it. I can see it. I mean, Love is Blind is a truly horrendous television program. <laughs> he again tells Percy to turn away. Percy can tell that Achilles means it. He hears the regret and the bitterness in his voice, and it's the voice of someone trying to save another person from a terrible fate. Percy realizes that this is how Luke was able to host the spirit of Kronos by bathing in the river Styx. He became invincible, so what Chiron had said, his body shouldn't have survived it, his body survived it, and that was the whole preparation that Luke had to do beforehand. Percy tells Achilles that he has to do this, otherwise he doesn't stand a chance against Kronos. Achilles hangs his head and says, let the gods witness I tried. Hero, if you must do this, concentrate on your mortal point. Imagine one spot of your body that will remain vulnerable. This is the point where your soul will anchor your body to the world. It will be your greatest weakness, but also your only hope. No man may be completely invulnerable, lose sight of what keeps you mortal, and the river sticks will burn you to ashes. You will cease to exist. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. Yeah, that sounds really bad. Like, I don't want all of my everything to get eroded away by the river sticks. Mm -mm. Also, like, Achilles right here is giving some, like, really strong Jacob and Robert Marley from Up at Christmas Carol vibes oh. right now. Doomed, Purse. You're doomed for all time. You should have known better than to fight the Lord of Time. <laughs> Any Up at Christmas Carol fans out there? <laughs> I got a Canada, come on. Achilles and... Patroclus. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol. Watch it year-round. It's a year-round film. It's not it, a Christmas it movie. It's it an totally every-time movie. Yeah. So he gives this whole spiel, and then Percy, to this very profound and daunting quote, says, 
I don't suppose you could tell me Luke's mortal point. <laughs> Fantastic. He's so narrow-sighted, tunnel vision about hating Luke. It's perfect. Never change Percy Jackson. Achilles doesn't answer. He just scowls. He tells Percy to prepare himself and warns that whether he survives this or not, he has sealed his doom, which is very doom. ominous. <laughs> Narrator Percy says, quote, with that happy thought, he vanished. So Nico tells Percy that he may be right. Percy reminds Nico that this whole thing was his idea. Nico says he knows, but he's conflicted now that they are actually here, which I can understand. You have this scary situation going on. You think that you're ready for it, but then when you're actually confronted with it, it becomes a little scary. And that's a lot to learn in like, what, five underworld minutes of just like, <laughs> I didn't tell you my plan forever. And now you're, the plan is you might end up like sacrificing all of your everything in this battery acid, essentially. Yeah, talk about the worst possible vibes before doing something scary. It'd be like if you were about to go bungee jumping and someone's like, actually, <laughs> this is really dangerous and here's why. Thanks, Achilles. <laughs> Percy tells Nico just to wait on the shore, and if anything happens to him, then Hades can rejoice knowing that Nico can now be the subject of the prophecy. Nico doesn't look thrilled, and before Percy can change his mind, he focuses on the small of his back opposite his navel, so his reverse belly button. It is well protected by armor. It's hard to hit on accident and not a prime target to be hit on purpose. Added bonus, Percy says, it's a more dignified choice than an armpit. This does feel like a strategic place. I can't think that getting hit in the back would happen. No one make a reaction in case this does happen in the story, though. But it feels like a good choice if you're trying to pick a spot to not get hit. It also feels incredibly thematic because if he does get stabbed in the back, like, come on. Where would you put yours? Ooh. If not small in the back. Yeah, small yeah. back is good. I feel like... Achilles was a poor choice with the heel. I do feel like bottom of your foot is pretty good though. Cause if mm. you're doing fighting, I would imagine your feet are mostly gonna be on the ground and it would be really hard to kind of get under your foot, like yeah. on the ball of your foot or something like that. I put mine directly over my heart. Ah. Yeah, because I, that's already the weak point anyway. Or? Yeah, already the weak point. And if, if everybody knows you've got a secret spot, no one's aiming for the heart. Oh. Yeah, so just yeah. walk into battle being like, there's only one place you can stab me to kill me. It's and like, then they'll never get you there. It's like when you play Stratego and you put the flag in the corner. It's like no one ever puts it in the corner. It's too easy. But yeah. like one out of every 10 games, you got to put it in the corner. Some real reverse psychology. Yeah. I had one other question that I want to ask you. Sure. You've got two options. What are you going to do? Bathe yourself in the river sticks in order to get this treatment, knowing that you might fail and burn away into nothingness. Yeah. Or hold up the sky, Curse of Atlas style. I feel like I'm going to go with the river sticks because there's at least like a best case scenario thing where if I come out the other end, I become, we'll see, super intense version of me. You can get out of, out of holding up the sky. You just got to convince somebody else to do it. You just got to use your persuasive abilities. Yeah, but what is the benefit besides like getting, you know, jacked deltoids? Like... <laughs> I, At least there's something cool that comes out the other end. Though, I guess the caveat is I have apparently sealed my doom, whatever that means. Right, yeah, don't mm, know. Couldn't I don't tell know. you. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I would probably go with the River Six because if it goes really poorly, I would actually die as opposed to if it goes really poorly with holding up the world, I would just want to die forever. Okay. And that feels worse. I respect your choice. Thank I agree. You. Yeah, I agree with you, I think. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Now, Percy steps in the water, and narrator Percy says, quote, imagine jumping into a pit of boiling acid. You know, something we've all done. <laughs> now, multiply that pain times 50. You still won't be close to understanding what it felt like to swim in the sticks. I plan to walk in slow and courageous like a real hero. As soon as the water touched my legs, my muscles turned to jelly, and I fell face first into the current. I can't wait to see this on the TV show. It's going to be really funny. 
Yeah, just face plants. Yeah, and if I ever do get to the point where I talk to Walker Scoble after filming that, I will ask, how many times did you have to film the face plant scene? <laughs> Percy goes completely underwater. He's unable to breathe, which is the first time that's ever happened to him. A fun little note. He understands the panic of drowning now, and his nerves burn, and he's dissolving into the water. He sees the faces of Rachel Elizabeth Dare, Grover, Tyson, and Sally, and I wrote my notes, no Annabeth? We'll see. Sally gives her blessing. Tyson says, be safe, brother. Grover says, enchiladas. <laughs> the most motivational of all the things. Yeah, that is maybe one of the loudest I've laughed while reading the books. It's just like, <laughs> enchiladas. <laughs> <laughs> Percy is losing the fight because the pain is too severe. But then a familiar voice says, the cord, remember your lifeline. And when this voice said, dummy, I was thinking, I might know who this is. Percy then imagines a string reeling him out of the sticks by the small of his back and confirmed it is Annabeth. She says, hold on, seaweed brain. You're not getting away from me that easily. The cord strengthens. And at this moment, I realize, oh, she's not literally here. This is just her face coming in. Because at first, while I was reading this, I was thinking, how did she get down here? Did she see the open crack? Did she follow them? Blah, 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 blah. Now, Percy sees Annabeth standing above him on the canoe lake pier with Percy having fallen into the water, so clearly some sort of vision, and she holds her hand outstretched, and she's trying not to laugh, which is very cute. She's in her Camp Half-Blood attire, and she even has her hair tied back in a ponytail underneath her Yankee hat, but she remains visible, which is interesting, and then she says to Percy, you're such an idiot sometimes, come on, take my hand. Very cute scene, which I needed, because in the whole Race Elizabeth there and Annabeth Love Triangle thing, I'm very conflicted, and it's hard, and it's tough, but this was nice, because I feel like many Annabeth scenes recently were grumpy, grouchy, not good, awkward, etc. To have something cute and endearing and helpful felt like a nice change of pace. Yeah, I agree with you there, but also when I was reading this, like I thought I was just like, okay, they just kind of breezed past, like, Grover and Tyson and Rachel, Elizabeth there, and all these other people. And then Annabeth was the one that tethered him back. It was like, I don't know if you watched Lost, but in season four, like Desmond was losing his mind and he had to have a constant. And his constant was like the woman that he was in, in love with. Uh -huh. And that's what like tethered him back into reality and made it so that he didn't die. Uh, spoilers for season four of Lost. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best episodes of TV ever. But like for me, this was the moment while reading the books where I was just like, oh, this is the OTP. This is yeah, the one true be. pairing mm -hmm. between the two of them where like if Rick's writing it this way, it doesn't mean that something else can't happen. But it's like a really heavy indicator that he's just like pointing in her direction and not in, in Rachel Elizabeth Thayer's direction. Yeah. Those were my thoughts in the moment. So I'm just like, there's nothing else I'm supposed to take away from this besides like, I think that's pretty much what Nico said when he was wandering in. It's just like, think of one thing. Yeah. And so obviously he was thinking of her, which yeah. is very sweet. It's very nice. It's I agree very with what cute. you said. Couldn't yeah. have said it better myself. Mm -hmm. So I won't say anything else. Percy's memories flood back to him. He stops dissolving. He knows his name and he grabs Annabeth's hand. Percy bursts out of the river and collapses on the sand. Nico asks if he's okay, mentions that his skin looks rough and he can tell that Percy is hurt. Percy's arms are bright red as if he was broiled over a slow flame. Lobster Something Percy. we've all done. <laughs> <Lobster> <laughs> Percy. Even though Percy knows that Annabeth isn't really there, he still looks around for her because it just felt so real. He tells Nico that he thinks he's okay. His skin begins to return to normal and the pain begins to fade. Nico asks if he feels stronger, but before Percy can determine what he feels, a voice bellows, there, and this has to be Hades. 
It is Hades, and he's with an army of dead old-school soldiers. He screams that Percy will not escape him this time, and he calls for his forces to destroy him. Nico tries to get Hades to stop, but it's of no use. Mrs. O'Leary growls and prepares to pounce. Narrator Percy says, this is what set him off, the thought of someone hurting his dog. You're a dog owner. If someone tried to hurt Nandor, would you get all up in arms like Percy Jackson? Yeah, I absolutely would. I would summon all of my Super Saiyan powers and go insane on them. Nandor is a precious little wolf and he needs to be protected. <laughs> What's Nandor's Instagram handle? Drop it for him. Nandor Husker Pup. Very He's good. a tiny little husky mix. He's really cute. Very cute. He's a good boy. Yeah. Percy also has had enough of Hades' bullying, and we know that's the main thing that makes Percy see red. Narrative Percy says, quote, if I was going to die, I might as well go down fighting. <laughs> Percy yells, and the river Styx explodes, and then I realized, oh, he's powerful enough to control evil water now. Cool. <laughs> A black tidal wave smashes the soldiers, and they begin to dissolve. Redcoat soldiers aim their bayonets. Percy rushes forward. All 100 muskets miss him. He breaks their line and starts hacking with Riptide, and none of their attacks land. I have to say, out of all the enemies that Rick could have put Percy up against, English redcoats from the Revolutionary War, they stand in a line and fire at you all at once. Like, <laughs> he could have been like, oh, somehow the Predator from the movie Predator got here and was going to mess him up. No, he went with English revolutionaries. Look, it's an American book series. We got to get in the anti-British sentiment when we can. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> could have done better here. Yeah, I'm not surprised he won that battle. <laughs> Percy goes into autopilot and is just on a rampage. Narrator Percy about this says, quote, Riptide was no longer a sword. It was an arc of pure destruction. Yeah, essentially he was Super Mario and he got a star. Just do, 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 Yep, really good, really, really good. Percy busts through the enemy line and leaps into Hades' chariot. A dark energy bolt is headed towards him, but he deflects it and he slams into Hades, which sends them both tumbling out of the chariot. Percy has his knee on Hades' chest. This is awesome. This is super cool. Fantasy fulfillment right oh, here. It's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, and he's this. got Hades by the collar of his robes in one fist, and he's using his other fist to grip Riptide and point the tip over Hades' face. The army is silent and does nothing to save him, but Percy then looks around and realizes why that's the case. It's because he's destroyed the entire army. This is so cool. Rick is really good at writing action scene chapters. Yeah, I also, while reading this, was just like, what, how do you step this back? How does he not just immediately wreck house against anything that he goes up against? And anyone who's a fan of Dragon Ball Z knows that power creep is a dangerous thing. Because <laughs> when everybody gets too powerful, then all the battles aren't interesting anymore. Yeah, I was thinking a similar thing, and I think we're going to get to a situation where from this moment on, Percy's only fighting Titans. Like, I don't think that he's going to be fighting, I don't know, someone like Krusty or some <laughs> minor guy. Like, I don't think Janice is going to really give him a problem. Yeah. I feel like he's only going to be fighting at least, you know, minor gods, Morpheus, Titans, Kronos slash Luke, all that kind of stuff. Sure. I feel like that's where he's going to be at. Though it is only chapter eight, though. There's a lot of book left. There so. is a lot of book left. We'll have to see. Hades gulps and says, now, Jackson, listen here. So Percy's really got him, which is really cool when you've got Hades like that. Percy knows that Hades is immortal and cannot be killed, but he knows that he can be wounded. Percy snarls and says, just because I'm a nice person, I'll let you go. But first, tell me about that trap 
And at this point I wrote in my notes, yes, 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 symbiote Percy. Because if anyone is a Spider-Man fan, and this is basically when he gets the symbiote and is kind of Venom Spider-Man where he's got a little bit of extra power, but it's like a little bit too evil. This is exactly what I'm feeling. Like a little bit of that dark energy in the mix where it's, he is stronger, but it might be something where he can get out of control and he's got to reel it in. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. Yeah, will this change his personality? Like, will like like Spider Man? He be or in Spider Man three particularly, he was a jerk. He was dancing down the sidewalk in a really cocky manner. The finger guns were so cool. Oh, what if Percy starts using finger guns all the time now? Oh Oh, no! And what if he dyes his hair? I guess it's already black in the book, but he puts the little swoopy hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then what's the song? Is the oh get yourself together, ride that funky soul? (laughs) Is the song that they play in Spider Man three, which is a great. Great, great song. I'm sure I'm familiar with it. I don't know what you just sang, and I I want to make what you just did when this podcast comes out. That's going to be my ringtone. <laughs> well, look, I'll send you the file. It's a James Brown song, and I Googled it to make sure I didn't mess up the name. It's People Get Up and Drive Your Funky Soul. It's great. It's on my cooking playlist that mm. I have on Spotify called Soul Kitchen, which you can't follow if you just search for my username on Spotify. It's just Shubes. One of the few where I didn't have to add the 17. <laughs> But you can follow that, and uh, it's a good little cooking place where it's just like upbeat funk songs and stuff. Noted, noted. Mm-hmm. I will follow. It's a good one. It's a yeah. good one. Anyway, that song could be playing in the background of every time Percy is walking, which is the better of the symbiote traits to have happen. That's true. Hades melts away, leaving just his robes behind, making me wonder, is Hades naked now? <laughs> like, does he poof back into the palace, and then Persephone's like, ah, and Demeter's like, ah! <laughs> Gosh, put some weed over your parts. <laughs> Here, eat some cereal. <laughs> Percy curses and gets to his feet while breathing heavily. His adrenaline wears off a bit, and then he realizes how tired he is. He also notices that his clothes have been absolutely wrecked by blades and bullets, but he is completely unharmed. So one of his abilities now seems to be invincibility. Pretty cool. I hope another one is tailoring because like. <laughs> <laughs> or the ability to pull off ripped clothes. Mm. One of the two. Yeah. Nico is at a loss for words because he's jealous of the ripped clothes. No, he <laughs> is at a loss for words for what happened, only being able to muster up, you just dot, 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 with a sword, dot, 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 you just dot, dot, dot. And Percy says, I think the river thing worked. And Nico goes, oh, gee, you think? <laughs> Mrs. O'Leary is happy as a clam because there's bones everywhere. She goes searching across this pile of bones that Percy has left in his wake. Percy then takes Hades' robe, which still has the faces of the tormented souls inside of it. He holds it over the river sticks and says, be free, and then drops it into the river, which I thought was pretty cool. I don't know how souls in the river sticks work, but I hope he didn't kill them by dropping them into the river sticks. I think they're already dead. Well, okay, yeah, I guess... (laughs) I guess the soul version of kill, like poof away forever. I don't know. I guess you can't. You're yeah, dead. You can't die. I, I don't know. Or maybe yeah. that's better. Maybe he set them free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's to say? He did them a favor. But yeah. I also feel like he could have like taken that robe and taken it to like Buffalo Exchange or whatever, like thrift oh. store and like gotten some nice change for that robe. Except it's Buffalo Exchange. So they'd be like, the best we can do is $4. <laughs> they never want to give you good stuff. Yeah. Percy tells Nico to go back to his dad and tell him that he owes Percy for letting him go. He instructs Nico to find out what's going to happen to Olympus and convince Hades to help. Nico says that he can't convince him, says Hades will hate him even more than he already does, which is very sad. It's just, ah, I don't like that Hades doesn't like Nico. I hope Nico can do something to win him over. But I kind of agree with Nico here. Like, he just 
undid his dad's command. He freed Percy from dirt prison. Mm -hmm. Uh, He got him humiliated in front of all the British redcoats who are now bones. Uh So those bones are laughing at Hades. Um, (laughs) Skeletons can laugh in the underworld. We'll say Uh, that's true. And I'm like, what leverage does Nico have here? Like, why would Hades listen to Nico in this situation and be like, you know what, son? (laughs) Even though I give you sick burns on every single opportunity I have and make fun of you, Mm -hmm. I'm now going to go along with whatever you say. Yeah, no, I get it. But I think Nico, maybe if he talks to Hades enough, maybe he can appeal to his logical side. Because we have seen in the past. I was upset in chapter seven that it felt like Hades had regressed and was like really grumpy and vengeful and not necessarily level-headed. But we've seen Hades be level-headed in the past. And I would hope that maybe deep down under the curmudgeonly exterior, Nico can kind of level with him. But I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. We'll I don't know. He's, he's been leaning real evil lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the whole side and with the Titans are just like, let them do what they want. It was not a good look for Hades in chapter seven. No. I had higher hopes for him. But yeah. alas, what are you going to do? Percy says that Nico has to because Nico owes Percy as well. Nico's ears turn red. Is that an anger thing or an embarrassment thing? My ears don't turn red. I'm guessing anger. Okay. I was thinking anger at first, but then Nico kind of looks sad and immediately gets into trying to reiterate that he apologized. So it felt like maybe it was an embarrassment thing. I don't know. I thought it was maybe like blushing, but in the ears, I don't really know. Also, they've described him as like, as he's gotten more like necro powers, like Mm -hmm. his face is all white. Yeah. So if his ears are red, like uh-huh. he's, yeah. it's really going to stand Very out. apparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nico tries to reiterate that he apologized. And then he asks Percy to let him join him so that he can fight. Percy tells him that he would be more help down here. Nico grumbles that Percy just doesn't trust him anymore. Percy doesn't respond because he doesn't really know what he means by not wanting Nico to come along. And he's also just too stunned from what he just did to think properly. Percy takes a beat, though, and then realizes, you know, Nico's young and he meant well, etc. So he takes a bit of a softer tone and he tells Nico to go back to his father and work on him because he may be the only person who can get him to listen. Nico agrees and mentions that he, Hades, is still holding back something about his mother, so he'll try to figure that out as well. And that felt like a little bit of a weird situation where Nico said something and Percy would go, okay, sure. (laughs) Percy wouldn't really care, but I'm picking up on that as a, we will learn something else about Nico's mom and that will become important later, but no one say anything. Yeah, no comment. Yeah, mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. sounds good. Percy wishes him luck and says that he and Mrs. O'Leary have to go somewhere. Nico asks where. Percy looks at the way out and says, Petco. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He looks at the way out and says, to get this war started, it's time I found Luke. And then the CSI Miami nose goes, And that is the end of chapter eight. And that is the end of this portion of this episode of the News Olympian. If you're listening after, we're going to have Q&A after. But also, we have a fun thing here live that will make its way into the episode as well. Mm-hmm. But inspired by this chapter, location-wise and also the vibes of what goes on, there's a big, like, anti-Percy, Nico, butting heads situation, which naturally, when you're angry at someone, the best way to express your frustrations is via song. So... Given that that happened, and then also given that they go into Asphodel, Nathan and I, after reading these chapters, worked on a little bit of a rap battle between Percy Jackson and yeah. Nico D'Angelo. Which you may recall the only other times I've been on one of Shoes' podcast, we had a rap battle between Harry Potter and Remus Lupin. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So it was only right to do it again. Right. <laughs> Can you tell that we became friends by being on the same improvised rap hip hop troupe in yeah. Seattle? Yeah. Could it's, you tell? It's true. It's true. Now, it's not just us doing it over some sort of beat. We're actually going to have live music here prepared by Martin Ostwick, who you might know from the Song by Song podcast or his work on The Illusionist or other musical things. Pale Bird, I believe, is his like SoundCloud and Bandcamp and all that kind of stuff. So please welcome Martin to the stage to take care of the musical accompaniment for what we'll do to close out act one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, this is why I posted on social media for everyone to familiarize themselves with Gas Pedal by Sage the Gemini, which is a perfect rap song. And that is uh, the tune we're going to be rapping this in the key of Gas Pedal by Sage the Gemini. Just a really great rapper who I think deserves better, mainly because when I saw him on Twitter today, I saw his pinned tweet was, <laughs> I'm going to have to bleep this for the show. He put it on his Twitter handle with something to the effect of, being humble. I hate everybody. <laughs> Or no, I think it was, I'm not being humble anymore. F*** everybody. <laughs> it's good stuff. So yeah, without further ado, this is uh, Asphodel in the key of Gas Pedal by Sage the Gemini. If someone wants to please like film this in their entirety and then email it to me after the show, I would love that. Shall we? <laughs> Holy sticks! Pointed at the wall. Vanish like you're trying to get through a hole. There's a god, make him sleep and fall now. Escape to Asphodel. Asphodel, 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 Asphodel. Now you already know an Asphodel. Asphodel, Asphodel. Demigod, make the fish say, hey man, I'm just trying to kill Luke, that's the game plan. Not a Hades fan, hate a zombie clan. I'll save the world with the goat, that's G-Man. Dude, you're a traitor, lion orchestrator. I'm breaking out the cell and you won't see me later. I'm P-E-R-C, child of prophecy. Yeah, you might know my dad, he's the lord of the sea. New York, baby, true to the heart. Let me out this hell hole, it stinks like a fart. I could craft the ways I hate you on a detailed chart. Filled with lines and colors, yeah, you consider it art. Your dad broke his oath but i don't give a heck step out my way or i'll put riptide in your neck you can go and put the guards to sleep and leave bro ask your daddy about your mom since you need to know point here at the wall vanish like you're trying to get through a hole there's a guard make him sleep then fall now escape to asphodel 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 your cell if I hadn't been saying Percy you later leave your ass in this damned infernal crater I'm gothed out with my skull and aviator black jacket Percy you can't hack it you narrate the book but you couldn't even crack it um my spells are so infernal I summon the dead write that in your journal you're just a water boy I play with the eternal keep the dead in my crew you can call me the colonel uh Bianca has gone that's tragic I roll nat 20s in mytho magic uh Person, here's the deal. You're about to swim in the sticks like a Navy SEAL. Uh, you get power for real while I kick it on the bank with my Happy Meal. Uh, point there at the wall. Vanish like you're trying to get out through a hole. There's a guard making sleep and fall. Now escape to Asphodel. 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 Asphodel.
worked out pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel all right. I feel all right. I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. Yeah, yeah. Now, that is a conclusion. Thanks to Martin. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Martin. Love that. He whipped up a version of that beat this morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Look, we whipped out the lyrics this morning. He put out the music this morning. Uh, mm, delightful yeah. stuff. What a delightful time. Now, that is the conclusion of Act One. Soon we will get into intermission. Before we do, give it up to Nathan for being an incredible guest for Act One. Thank you. <laughs> See you all soon. Ah, now wasn't that a fun time? Welcome to the Cashed Olympian Chicago edition. I'm coming to you from my hotel room in Chicago for LeakyCon, and I'm excited to tell you some stuff about the podcast. Now, if you enjoyed that little rap that we put together, not only can you watch a video performance of it by going to the Newest Olympian's YouTube account, which is youtube.com slash at Newest Olympian, but also you can download that song for free if you just click the link in the description of this episode. The link will also be in the description of the YouTube video. Download that, throw it on your phone, tell your friends about it, play it at parties, play it in your car, play it for your mom, your dog, your cat, whatever. Do whatever you want. Now, I mentioned Chicago and LeakyCon. I will be performing a live show of TNO in Chicago today, if you are listening to this on the day it came out. I will also be in Milwaukee on August 8th, and I will be in Minneapolis-St. Paul on August 10th. You can still get tickets at thenewsolympian.com slash live. And for LeakyCon, I did a fun live TNO with Sequoia Simone, who's been on the podcast recently, and we're going to put that up as a bonus episode on the Patreon. We wrote fan fictions for all of the characters in books one through four mentioned 10 times or less. So people like Darren from The Lotus Casino and Dan from the news team in the first one. So there are a whole bunch of goofy things that you can hear us discuss, and that'll be up on the Patreon later this month for August's bonus episode. As far as other things in this episode, after this break, the Q&A will be with Helen Zaltzman, who was my guest for the Potterless portion of this live show. So I just wanted to clarify that so that you didn't think that Nathan became a British woman during intermission of the live show. Also, during the Q&A, Helen will make a joke about my listeners unionizing, and then I say something like, oh no, at least the podcast is free. I just want to make sure that it is super duper extra hyper clear that I'm incredibly pro-union and I am not trying to insinuate in any way, shape or form that unions are bad. Shout out to unions. Love that stuff. Love workers being treated properly. Shout out to the writers and the actors and anyone else that's on strike. Please let those deals come through and be fair. I very much enjoy people getting paid their worth. So I just wanted to make that crystal clear. I also want to make it crystal clear that I am very appreciative to everyone who supports the show. If you listen to the show, I really appreciate it. And if you support the show on Patreon, I super extra mega appreciate it. You can support the show by going to the slash Patreon, and you can get a whole bunch of bonus features. You get access to the Discord, lots of fun stuff over there. And I want to give a shout out to the folks who have joined the Patreon most recently. So shout out to our newest Ultra God tier patron, King Bastion. Shout out to our newest Super God tier patron, Shay Lawrence. Shout out to our newest God tier patron, Lauren Wishart, Erin Casey, daughter of Apollo, Becker Nicholas, Elid Moe, someone that made their name New Girl is the best show ever, which I do not agree with, but if you make your name that, I do have to say it on the show, as long as it's not anything offensive, though this does feel a little offensive to my TV tastes, and also someone who made their name Happy Birthday Sophia, Happy Birthday Sophia, and shout out to our newest demigod tier patrons, Erin Rowe, Madison Kabinsky, Jacob Nicola, Christina T., Anna B., Anna Davidson, Stephanie Lawrence, and Lindsay. Thank you all so much for your support. May Apollo bless you that if you are out in the sun, you don't get a sunburn and then have to deal with that for days on end. 
Now, if you're all caught up on the News Olympian and you're looking for a new podcast to listen to, you could listen to one of the other shows that I make. I'm an independent podcast boy, proudly independent, and I make a lot of shows that I'm very proud of. And one of those shows I think you would enjoy is Potterless. It's a similar structure to the News Olympian, but I made it before TNO, and it is a podcast covering my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series. We go through the books, we go through the movies, we go through the spinoff content. I just recently posted a live show episode with me and Eric Hamilton Schneider in New Jersey, where we did an improvised game of Survivor with Harry Potter characters. Lots of fun, goofy stuff. Over 205 episodes that you can listen to. So if you're really looking for something to marathon, that can be the podcast for you. You can listen to wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Potterless or by going to our website, PotterlessPodcast.com. Now, before you wrap up here, you're going to hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of those ads will be read by me. Others of them won't. The ones that are not read by me are inserted locally. So if you live in Chicago, don't be surprised if you hear an ad for I guess next year's Lollapalooza, since it will have ended the day before this episode goes live, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have super mega hyper early bird tickets for sale. Who's to say? But once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of The Newest Olympian. This episode of The Newest Olympian is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are. So it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want. And then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me and then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash TNO. Wow, that's a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slap pack? That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash TNO for 10% off your first purchase. So if you want to collect some cards or rip open some packs in a more transparent way, whether you're a sports nerd or a Pokemon nerd or all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. All right, so we're going to be doing some questions now, and we'll do that until they kick us out of this very nice venue. Now, this first one, I love this subject line. This has nothing to do with anything of the show, but it's appealing to my heartstrings of loving pride and prejudice. The subject line is Caroline Bingley sucks. (gasps) She does. Yeah. She's really bad. She does, but then also it'd be surprising if she didn't suck because she's grown up very rich and only really valued for her marriageability and she's not married. So I'd be like a real sour person. (laughs) And also it seems boring. You're just waiting around for balls and then out the balls, you're like, this wasn't worth it. No, you can learn the piano forte. Then you just, you know, well, the piano forte is not really fixing the depressive malaise that I've sunk into (laughs) for many a year. And I'll just take it out on... uh, my brother's prospective girlfriend. <laughs> no one recognizes my pain under this bonnet. 
What was the question? The question is from Emma. <laughs> First question, which Pride and Prejudice adaptation is your favorite? Choices include, but are not limited to, the 1995 BBC miniseries, the 2005 film starring Kira Knightley, the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. I've not seen that one. I've heard of good things, though. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Pine and Prejudice, which is hyperlinked, which I am going to open. It's an Instagram account. Oh, I have seen this. Someone puts googly eyes on pine cones and then acts out <laughs> Pride Prejudice. Kelly showed this to me once. It's, oh, that's a top contender. It's really good. It's it, really, really it's good. It's Jane Austen's ghost. And then it says, et cetera. I would also say, I don't know if you've played Marrying Mr. Darcy, the Pride and Prejudice board game. I haven't. It's really good. I did email them saying, would you like to sponsor my shows? I talk about Pride and Prejudice all the time, even though they're not about Pride and Prejudice. They've not replied to me. <laughs> Yet. But I think for the most part, I enjoyed the BBC one. Yeah, I think so. that was my favorite. The only thing I will say, in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, the guy who does... Mr. Collins, he was, is it Matt Smith? He was the- Whoa, really? The, yeah, he's- They cast the, Matt Smith as like the Argo character. Yeah, it's like the weird, goofy, aloof one. Yeah, he's the scarf Doctor Who one, right? That's Matthew Smith? No, 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 Bowtie, thank you, yeah. Not David Tennant, but yeah. I don't, I've seen zero episodes of Doctor Who, and I- Yeah, there was gonna, a scarf gonna, one before Matt, Baker, Matt, Matt Smith was even born. Uh, I think one okay. of the Bakers. See, I don't know how it all works. Me neither. But- he in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, the best Mr. Collins adaptation out of any of them. That movie was like pretty underwhelming. I didn't love it, but he knocked it out of the park. I see, I also did read the book Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And about a quarter of the way through, I was reading it and I was like, you know, Pride and Prejudice is really good. I can do without the zombie bits. Like, <laughs> Pride and Prejudice is good enough that you don't need to punch it up. Like, I think Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is fun as like a thought experiment, but as far as like reading the whole book, like a quarter of the way through, I was like, I wish I just had regular Pride and Prejudice with me <laughs> on the beach. On my podcast, Veronica Mars Investigations, we recapped both the 2005 film and the 1995 BBC miniseries. And then I stumbled upon some like pretty triple X rated novel about Mr. Darcy's boners and things. I'm trying to remember what it's mm. trying to remember what it's called, so you can look it up later. But it was it was a lot. So that's your answer for best adaptation. Uh, <laughs> it's it's non-canonical, I would say. Um, I yeah, so those are the main ones I've seen. I think I've seen some of a black and white adaptation from Days of Yore that I was oh. like not that absorbed by. Uh, I think the 1995 one. I like the the Bennett casting slightly less of the like secondary Bennets than mm -hmm. I do in the film, but I I think it's a, a hotter thing. After yeah. you've got through the first couple of episodes, which I find a bit like, oh, do something. Yeah, oh. but that's what makes the book good. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think the problem in that one is that their house looks too nice, so you just don't really get the impression that these people are really hurting financially oh. if unless they can marry off a girl quickly. Oh. Whereas in the film, there is mud, but I think a lot of the other, <laughs> they got the mud right and a lot of other things wrong. <laughs> It's your stuff. I did also see Anna did send an email one minute later that was called Vancouver in parentheses, Caroline Bingley sucks, and then copy pasted to make sure that I <laughs> potentially read it for the show. Canadians against Caroline Bingley. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one is from Lexi, subject line Vancouver live show. I live by Percy Jackson TV show sets. That's cool. Lexi says, hello, as mentioned above, I live slash work right by the PJO sets in Aldergrove, BC, and got super excited every time I drove by. I even think I saw Uncle Rick once. That's neat. There, question. 
If you were to cast yourself in the PJO series as any character, who would you see yourself playing? I have said that I would love to just have like a bit role because I know realistically I'm not going to get cast in anything big. It's not going to happen. It's just the world. I'm not an actor. They shouldn't. (laughs) It's not my job. I do something different. They can hire me to make the official companion podcast if they want to do that though. Uncle Rick, come on. Inbox is open. I do really want to be, as I've said in the past, I want to be one of the possessed zombified people on the cruise in the second one. Oh, now you're welcoming the zombies. <laughs> I would love to be that. I think that'd be very fun. All right. Yeah. That sounds doable. You can bring, you've got a good collection, I think, of cruise weather reading oh, shirts. Oh, yeah. I definitely have some floral button downs that I can very bust nice. out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very nice. Okay. This one is from Maya. Subject line is Vancouver Pigeons Rule, in all caps. Very pro pigeon. I did see some pigeons absolutely tearing apart a sandwich that was discarded on the side of the road. Oh, my God. I've seen so many birds stealing pizza. <laughs> seagulls, crows, snatching it out of children's hands. That's because seagulls and crows are bad. But pigeons are good and nice and the best, and they just scavenge discarded food. They don't actively steal food out of people's hands, like a seagull who literally took a sandwich out of Kelly's hand when we were in Oslo. Yeah, seagull stole Martin's ice cream in Australia. It's <gasps> really funny. <sighs> what kind of ice cream was it? Like a cone? It was uh, a cone from an ice cream van, and like he literally just just moved away from the van, which did have a beware seagulls notice. Oh wow! And uh, whoomph, in it came. <laughs> Knocked it to the ground. Dozens of seagulls descended. The thing was gone in seconds. Hilarious. Fantastic. <laughs> for me. <laughs> Not for him. He so was vexed. My email says, hi, Mike. Thank you so much for coming to Vancouver. If you had to choose one of these Canadian foods to burn as an offering to the gods, which would you pick and why? The one that smells best while burning, obviously. All right. Well, here are the choices. Poutine, ketchup chips, or Canadian bacon with maple syrup. That one feels like it would smell the best. Canadian bacon with maple yeah. syrup because that little sweet smell. I would not pick ketchup chips because I would want to eat them. Ketchup chips are great. All dressing chips, you guys have figured it out. It's, I like that across my life, I liked some of the more divisive in the US at least flavors of mm-hmm. chips and even beyond. Cause like I like sour cream and onion chips. I like barbecue chips. Are divisive? I like, just some people think they're like kind of not the best, like sour cream and onion or salt and vinegar sometimes can those get a love great. it or hate it thing. I love prawn cocktail chips yeah. from the UK. I think they're really good. And I like that all dressing chips, true to the name, they're like, what if these chips were every flavor <laughs> and it works. They're delicious. And I got a big bag of every flavor, all dressing ruffles back at my place where I'm staying at undisclosed location. And mm-hmm. I'm going to, plow through them. If people want to find you, they'll just follow the <laughs> and then the occasionally like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> the other day, I tried some cucumber flavored Ooh. potato chips. How were uh, they? Confusing. Ah. Uh, because they primarily tasted of like 7-Up. They, they were really sweet. And then you got like a faint taste of cucumber and then you're like, why have I done this? I love it. I love it. If these were good, you would have seen them before at some point in your life. Okay, so this question. What was the question? Oh, yeah. You can't burn poutine because it's too wet. Yeah. No, yeah. I think the the bacon makes the most sense. Also, bacon, or, or, hmm, is Canadian bacon like more like ham though? Okay, good. Also, you're doing it right because America where we're like, let's burn the bacon and say that that's good. Poor decision. It's not, I hate crispy bacon. Not a fan. I like my bacon floppy. Canadian bacon, it's good. (laughs) So this one is from Mahi, says, Hi, Mike. 
I don't really have a question. I just want to say I flew in from Calgary and this is the coolest show ever. The rap battle is an excellent touch. I did pick this one because the subject line was all the way from YYC. And I do think it's funny that all the airports are like the exact same thing, like YYZ, YYX, YYC, whatever. And that's got to be real bad. I'm already confused. Like in New York, there's three airports and I'm always terrified that it's going to be like, oh, I've picked the wrong one. I'm at JFK, but I need to be in LaGuardia. That's got to be really confusing when you make sure you like bought the, the ticket from the, the right. The cities are all hundreds of miles apart. I guess, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I'm always just afraid oh. I'm going to be at the wrong one. I just meant to get on the calendar line down to uh, Vancouver Airport. And I ended up in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a good one. There's so many good questions, but as we've said, we got to get out of here. So let's do one final question and then we'll go. This has been very fun. Oh, cool. This is great. I want to get someone from this. So Kira says, hey, Jubes, first of all, thank you for posting about people coming to the live show by themselves. We've gotten a group together of 12 and we're so happy to have met some fellow Mike Schubert podcast nerds. Aww. So this is a cool thing where it happened in the Amsterdam show where someone was like, I don't know anybody. And I post on Instagram and then they're like, now 16 of us are going together. I think it's super cool. Wow. I also think they're unionizing. Fun. <laughs> yeah. So solo Mike Schubert oh, fans. Oh, no. Well, thank God the podcast is free. <laughs> so my question to you, if the main characters from PGA weren't from the United States, which countries or cultures would they come from? Thank you for making the show happen. I moved here from Germany the week you had your live shows there, so I'm very happy to see TNO and Paros Live. All the best, Kira. Cool. So, Percy Jackson characters, they're, let's see. I will kind of describe their personalities and then you can okay. kind of fill in. Oh, God. Um, oh, I can do the national stereotyping. <laughs> yeah. That, look, Thanks. we're from different countries, so it's okay. Percy, I feel like, can't be from anywhere else except for the US. He's such a New Yorker that I could not see anything else for him, that'd be really tough. But Grover is incredibly nice and friendly. I feel like Canada could work for oh. Grover. He's incredibly nice. What do you reckon, like Edmonton or something? People keep telling me Vancouver's unfriendly and I, <sighs> I think they are naive as to what the rest of the world is like. <laughs> So then you've got Annabeth, who's someone, she's very smart, she's very wise, but sometimes she can be like a little, a little harsh. I don't know. Oh, or, British. Brit okay, I was gonna, I was thinking that, but I didn't want to be offensive to your people. So I, I think I, she could be I right. feel like it takes more than that to be offensive in a way that Brits are right to be offended at. We've mm -hmm. earned a lot of offense. Mm -hmm. And then Percy, I don't know. I can't, if there was an America that wasn't America, from someone who's not American, what would you say is like the closest thing to the US that is? I've refused US? this question. <laughs> and that that is the perfect answer. There you have it. Percy can't be from anywhere else. The question is void. That is the end of the QA and the end of the show. Get up to Helen for being an incredible guest. Thank you so Max. much. I really appreciate you all coming out. Give yourselves a round of applause for making it out to the show. And give it up to everyone here at the venue for putting things on, from organizing things beforehand to the sound, to the tech, to the hospitality. Everyone's been awesome. So please give everyone here at Billmore Cabaret a round of applause. They've been wonderful and very hospitable. I got to go. As you've heard, if you want to get merch on the way out, you still can over at the merch table. And Mia, give it up to Mia, who is running the merch table. Very helpful stuff. So it's been a delight to be back here. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I hope to return in the future. But until we cross paths again, <gasps> I'll see you later! Thank you so much for coming out, everybody! Hello, 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Newest Olympian. This podcast is created, hosted, and produced by me, Mike Schubert. I also run the social media and the website. Our editor is Sherry Guo. The music is by Bettina Campamanas and Brandon Google, and the art is by Jessica E. Boyd. If you want more TNO in your life, there's a couple different places you can find us. You can find us on social media. We're at Newest Olympian on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're on Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash The Newest Olympian. And then Patreon has a whole bunch of bonus content at thenewestolympian.com slash Patreon. Speaking of the Patreon, I'm going to give a shout out to our producer level patrons, our members of the Olympic Court, Kelsey Gillespie, the damn steam nuggets, Vicky Garcia, Ellie Hoskovchova, Veronica Bartova, Haley Hastings, Robin Garcia, Frida Vikstrom, Megan Moon, Craig McRoberts, Taylor Payne, Giselle Salvador, Peter Johnson, the twins, Sabrina Balsiger, Bony Pony, Heather McMillan, Casey Williams, Polly Burridge, Nikki Harris, Tatiana Schmidt, Sandra Rose, Josh Sayer, Joshua Wilkie, Abby Ryan, Wise Girl, Ashton Gabrielson, Marco Redhouse, Caden Max, Sam Sam Reby, Riley Kiddes, Mary Kelly, Audra, Mrs. O'Leary, Rodith Kalma, Milo Kim, Fred Cabras, Harlan Christ, Cece Reads 23, Sandkopf, Julia Kendall, Emil Oscar Thomason, Liz Cardigan, Zachary Hamilton, Sarah Neal, Ricky, John Drillsma, Demigod Nurse, Rayla Matthews, Riley Draken, Lunica Dune, Sky Mallory, Elizabeth Obermiller, Aiden Parziani, Biggest Tyson Fan, Hunter Landstrom, Captain Jack Rackham, Sky Captain and the Princess, and King Bastion. If you want to help out the show in a non-monetary way, you can talk about the podcast. Word of mouth is so huge. Whether you tell someone directly, you know someone who is a PJO fan or someone who's been looking for an excuse to read the books, you reach out, hey, there's this podcast, TNO, the new Olympian. It's perfect. The host is great and also humble. You would love it. You should check it out. Or you can post about us on social media or you can leave us a rating and review on whatever podcasting app you're using. All of these things really help. And if you do any of these things, I am so, so thankful. And if you do them in the future, thanks in the future. But I'm just so thankful that you tuned into this episode and I hope you tune into our next episode we will be joined by a very special guest it's our own editor sherry guo to discuss chapter nine of the last olympian but until then i'll pursue you later Hey everyone, how's it going? It's me, ASMR Mike. So I'm currently coming to you from the hotel room here in Chicago, and I'm just going to walk around the room, make some noises. I've been recording this on my phone, so I can be a bit mobile here. So here is me scratching a chair that I had the phone and my laptop resting on as I did the mid-roll break and the outro and all that kind of stuff. Here I am kind of tapping my fingernails against the end table next to it. Here is the fridge that's been making a humming noise this whole time that I would hope that my editing software is getting rid of, but I'll get you right up to the buzzing. And here I am fiddling around with some of the locking mechanisms on the door to the room. Thank you for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.